Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bonnie. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to your Monday. Clark and I are in the studio talking about Luke chapter 4 today, headed slowly tiptoeing, soaking up as much as we can this Advent season, headed toward Christmas. So, yes, yes we are. Yes, that's what uh, what is coming and we are all excited about. And the waiting, I do have to say, I feel like the waiting as a mom now is like, it's even more fun. Like I feel like the waiting yeah. was the best part <laughs> as a kid too, just like watching stuff happen, but it's just so fun. So yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's fun to be intentional with like what yes. we do during the week with the kids at home and whether it's an advent reading through an advent calendar right. or it's an art and craft or even, you know, trying to think through like how can we be intentional with our gift giving. Yeah. And do this with purpose. It's fun. I, you guys awesome. know that like it, it is true what the Bible says, like it is better to give. And I mm-hmm. love that. Like there is something like when you see something or make something or hear something from someone like they are going to love this. Like yeah. I can't wait. So we've got a bunch of birthdays that are also in our family in the month of December. And so it's like, whoa. So it's a fun. Like an absurd amount of birthdays. An odd, odd amount. Yeah. It's like like a lot of birthdays. Everybody doing in February. It's a lot of our time. extended family. <laughs> Everybody's born in December. Evidently. Here we go. Anyway, so um yeah, so we're happy on this Monday. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, we hope this advent is blessed for you too. Today, though, in Luke chapter four, we're talking about the temptation of Jesus. You guys have probably heard that before. Yeah. And then him actually going back to his hometown too. Rejected. Which is interesting. And then some healing at the end. So yeah. yeah, it picks up Jump verse in. 1 and 2. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Mm-hmm. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. And so I just think about Jesus um, being guided and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Right. Gu- so Guided by the Father mm-hmm. and empowered by the Spirit. And how really that is a model for us today as well. Mm. And it's coming right after his baptism. Yep. And so in his baptism, Jesus was sinless. But sure. in his baptism, he identifies with us mm-hmm. as being a human. He's fully God, fully man. We're fully human. But identifying with our sin and our, need, our needing to be cleansed and washed away. Sure. And then he goes out into the wilderness and he's tempted, mm-hmm. identifying again with our struggle and our battle. Yeah. He was sinless. He didn't give in to temptation when we do at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's identifying with us. And so when I think of being guided by the will of the Father but empowered by the Holy Spirit, like yep. this is for us. Yep. Like, we can't do this on our own. I think that's just, it's a lot of folks, maybe you jump into this and you're like, oh yeah, I've heard, you know, the devil comes and tempts Jesus. But just to note that at the very beginning, that like it was Jesus full of the Spirit returned from the Jordan, his baptism, yeah. led by the Spirit. And mm-hmm. I think those are things like, what's going on there? Like, why is Holy Spirit leading Jesus out this way? Yeah. And exactly like you said, just to like kind of put a stamp on that and say, hey, I'm not the same type of man as Adam. As Adam. Yeah. And so, but that's important to note because I think sometimes you think about the desert being this place that's like just completely in this story that it's just like, Oh, it's tempting and it's awful. And it's hard. And I'm sure it was all those things, but it was also a place of great strength Mm -hmm. because of what Jesus was able to do empowered by the Mm -hmm. Holy spirit was able to resist. And so I think that's a note just kind of for me to store away too, that like sometimes when you, you know, you, you either get to a place, maybe you didn't want to go 
Um, let's like put our Holy spirit lens on and see, like, go ask, okay, Lord, like what's going on here? Like help me, uh, reveal something to me in your scriptures. Give me the deeper, you know, meaning or purpose. Uh, because this was not, you know, this was not your everyday run of the mill, just desert bump in here. And Mm -hmm. so anyway, interesting to read about for sure. Was there anything that stuck out to you in that, in the desert portion? Well, yeah, just as he's tempted Mm -hmm. like verses three and four, Okay, if you're the son of man, so he's addressing his identity, but then it's interesting that he says, tell this stone to become bread. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus quotes scriptures mm-hmm. accurately, saying it's written, man shall not live by on bread alone. Right. And that what Satan's doing is tempting Jesus with legitimate desires and legitimate right. needs in illegitimate ways. And so okay. I just think back to our series um, at the beginning of the year in January and February on sexuality, where we were oh, talking wow. about how God yeah. created in you and I a, des- like a legitimate good desire for friendship and for romance and for community and for, um, yeah, all these things like God made them It's Satan who perverts them. Mm. And then we try to fill this legitimate need in illegitimate ways. And so here he's tempting eating food is a good thing. Mm -hmm, Like we all mm -hmm. need to eat. Even Jesus needed to eat. Well, specifically at this time for sure. Especially on the desert. But he's, he's tempting him in illegitimate ways. Yeah. And then from there, then kind of transitioning to um, the next part, he's, he talks mm-hmm. about worship. And he says, look, um, took him up to the high place. And he said to him, mm-hmm. I'll give you all the authority and splendor that's been given to me. I can give it away to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it'll all be yours. Mm-hmm. Jesus answered, it is written, mm-hmm. worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Mm-hmm. So that temptation there is for uh, prestige, for glory, for popularity, mm-hmm. for us to be worshiped. Yeah. And again, Jesus is being tempted in ways that we are all tempted often. So just actually taking mm-hmm. a step back and reflecting on like, yeah. what are the legitimate needs I have in my life? And what does it look like to fill those needs in legitimate godly ways? Cause there are answers instead of trying to fill them with yeah. whether buying more stuff, Coping, looking at yeah. pornography, you know, drinking the sorrows away or whatever it is, or even just being busy and just being hurrying through life and just not allowing yourself to sit in reality, just scrolling. And it's like, God, well, what are you doing here? And how am I being tempted? Yeah. I think those are actually probably some of the more dangerous ones because mm-hmm. they're so subversive. Like it's not this like really obvious, like big problem. It's these, you know, yeah. kind of acceptable cultural norms yes, right now. That are like, really Oh, you're dangerous. really tired. You just, you go drink those glasses of wine at the end of the day or, yeah. Oh, you know, you just numb yourself with looking at this screen for seven to eight hours. If you know, which again, like the, all these things in appropriate portions are gifts. Like God gave them totally. to us to be really good good things but when we misuse them it becomes sinful hurtful to us and to other people and to god and then the third temptation that yeah. happens he brings them up to the top of the temple in mm-hmm. jerusalem and what's so interesting about this, this is what i learned this is like the first time i actually studied this closely is satan is quoting psalm 91 hmm. incorrectly and so when he's okay. talking about um he will command his mm-hmm. angels concerning you to guard you carefully and they will lift him up in their hands that you will not strike your foot mm-hmm, against a stone. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get Jesus to give in to what Satan's calling him to do. But verse 12 of Psalm 91, I don't have it right here in front of me, mm. but it talks about how when, when the son of man, when God, when mm-hmm. Jesus is obedient to like the call of his life, like, he's going to tread on, mm. like I forget it says like the lion and the serpent. Mm. And it's almost like Satan's tempting Jesus right, right here to see like, how serious should I take you? Mm. 
because he's literally quoting a psalm. Right. The next verse says, going back to Genesis 3, the seed mm. of woman is going to come and stomp on the head of the serpent. Mm. It's going to bring salvation. There's going to be a Messiah. Yeah. And he's doing this. And then Jesus again responds to him, don't test yeah. the Lord your God. Get mm-hmm. lost, man. Kick rocks. And and I think the temptation to misuse and misquote scripture is is up there, along with filling legitimate needs in illegitimate ways. Uh, the desire to be acknowledged, worshiped, glorified, being popular, whatever. Sure. And then misusing scripture to just fit whatever agenda it is that I have or whoever else has. It's really sure. easy. And also ends up being really, it's a bad look for Christians when we're being hypocritical yeah. and then twist in scripture to usually meet some sinful desire that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. So going back to reading scripture and interpreting the Bible with the Bible, how do you understand this passage in light of who Jesus is and his death and resurrection and what other scriptures affirm what this is saying? And so it's just important to be a constant student of the Bible. Mm-hmm. This is not going to come boom overnight, but it comes when you constantly, it's a steady drip are reading the scriptures maybe once a day, twice a day, over months and years and a lifetime, you'll get the yeah. story ingrained in you and you will become the person God made you to be. Mm-hmm. And your, your radar will go up like Jesus's did when time mm-hmm. out a second, like this is misquoting scripture or right. don't test Lord your God or, you know, I yep. don't live by bread alone, I live by the word of God. So yeah, yeah, that's what I, I kind of took away wow, from that initial good. part. I did not, so that's good. Yeah, what'd you get from? He comes back <laughs> yeah. into Nazareth in verse fourteen. That's so. I actually just kind of rested there another bit. So, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went throughout all the surrounding country. And so, again, I was just kind of struck by that. Like, so Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit into the desert. Okay, note taken. And then now he goes through that with the time there. And then now verse 14 is he's coming out of that now in the power of the spirit. And so what's interesting out of that is like, there's some kind of authority. There was like a leveling up there. There was having the power of the spirit there on the other side of it saying like, okay, now we've kind of shown like what we said here that, um, you know, Jesus isn't the same man as Adam. And now he's going to go in instead of, you know, frontal assault from the evil one. Now we've got these like community groups that he's Mm -hmm. going to. So he's going to synagogue and he's going to these other places and he's starting to make himself known more and more. And it's just so interesting, you guys, because the first place he goes, where does he go? He goes to Nazareth. Yeah. Back home. Yeah. And he's not accepted. And this is so interesting to me. And so what ends up happening is, so verse 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And then he reads from the scroll of Isaiah. And so this is just like a bombshell is about to be dropped. But I just, what's so amazing to me is that it, I just picture this, like going back to where he was brought up. People know, you know, hey, there's Joseph's boy. Like there's little Jesus. People yeah. have seen him. He's going, what was his, he's doing what was his custom, going back on the Sabbath day to synagogue to read this. And he is just not accepted yeah. at all. And so uh, let's see, Clark, you want to read that? What verses you want Let's me to read? Let's do, is like 20, 21, 22. Yeah. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. 
He began by saying to them, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Mm -hmm. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? Mm. They asked. So what we learned about that too was, so not only is Jesus saying, what is Jesus saying in this text? Like he's saying like, it's me. I'm Messiah. I'm I'm the one that's coming. So not only is that just a huge bombshell, but how the people responded. Do you remember reading about this? Yeah. Because they don't say, um, this is, Jesus, son of Mary. Mary. They say this is Joseph's son. Like he's illegitimate. And Joseph, exactly, because Joseph's not even on the scene right now. And it's just this whole debacle, you guys. And so, what's what was just pressing in me on this in this moment is because Clark and I digested it a little bit, and it's like, well, let's give grace. You would probably be totally flabbergasted too if somebody came back that had been gone, and you knew them, you knew a little bit about them, and now they're making these pretty outlandish claims. But in that, I felt like just a little bit of pressing in there. Just, I think sometimes we think we know people and it's been some years and time's gone by and we see them again and we don't know them. And I actually hope that for myself. I hope that for myself. Not that I'm saying like, oh, hey, I'm going to come back and you know, I'm Jesus. I'm fulfilling. No, 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 no. But when I see people and I have not seen them for years, I hope that they're able to say like, this is not the same person. This person has grown in the Lord. Yeah. This person is not, is different. And I hope that we would have, you know, the eyes to see that in other people too. I think sometimes we peg people in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, just speaking like candidly, I think that that's one of those things that's like, oh yeah, you know, Jesus, Joseph's son, he used to, he sure was so mischievous, you know, with those pranks on Alondra Boulevard or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Anyway, just a little okay. a little part that stuck out to no, me. That's good. I, I think that yeah. verse 22, hmm. that what stuck out to me there is they were all speaking well of him and were amazed at his gracious words. What's interesting, when he's around other people later on in the chapter, sure. like verses 28, um, or right, sorry, verses 32 and 36, people take note of his authority and that he preaches and right. teaches differently than everybody else. Exactly. So like, they're not just gracious words. Mm-hmm. They're like... There's something different about this guy. He has authority. Mm -hmm. And when you think about his model of desert, fasting, prayer, empowerment, Mm. the the same is for us today. Like, I I really believe that. What do you mean? Just like taking prayer and fasting seriously, Mm -hmm. consecrating your life unto the Lord, not giving in to sin, quoting scripture, following the Lord, being empowered for the glory of God, there being empowerment. Yeah. Because I think about like when Paul is writing first Corinthians, he I think mm. it's four twenty. First Corinthians four twenty, he says, God help us bring about like the kingdom of God, not just with mere words, but with mm. power. And like signs. Yeah. Miracle. Yeah. Wonders. It's like, mm-hmm. that's what I want for me and mm. for you, for us, for all of us. Like I I hope that the people in the office are blown away when they encounter God in and through us in unexplainable ways. Mm. Whether it's kindness or it's servitude. Yeah. Or it's a word of knowledge. Mm. Or it's a prayer, like a healing touch that's done in the name of Jesus. Mm. And they're like, these aren't just gracious, kind words. There's something different here. There's a power that's yeah. different than what the world has to offer. Mm. And I'm praying for that. I'm really wrestling with that like in my own heart. Like mm. what does that look like to consecrate my life to God for our marriage, for yeah. our family, for our church. So that's uh that's what I'm wrestling with. Wow, that's really awesome. Thanks. 
Really good. Well, you guys, as you continue to march through the chapter, you're going to read about Jesus healing an unclean demon, and which is all this is in synagogue. Yeah. So that's another thing that's just really interesting about this chapter because sometimes you think about that like Jesus along the way, yeah. and like you know he's on a dirt road and somebody comes up, but this is somebody straight up sitting in the pew next to somebody yeah. else, and so interesting. More healings. Uh, This is actually another note, you guys. So this is verse 38. Jesus goes to Simon, who is eventually going to be Simon Peter. Am I right? Yep. Yep. And he heals his mother-in-law who has a high fever. This is before Simon Peter is a disciple, follower of him, because that happens in the next part. Jesus calls the first disciples and it's the boats and Simon and Jesus. And then Simon comes in and the sons of Zebedee and they fall at his feet. So this is before that. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. And then, um, yes, Jesus is in the synagogue again here at the end of the chapter. So this is verse 43, but he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I have been sent for this purpose. Um, that, the language just really was strong and sticking out to me that I must do these things. I think sometimes right now, especially, especially right now, we are in a season where there's so much to get caught up in and, and there's, we were actually just dialoguing about this. There's so much to celebrate and celebrate because it's good. Let's celebrate for sure, but let's also worship. Worship. Let's make sure that this season is noted with the truth that what has happened, that this, that the son has come, that the lamb is going to be slain at Easter and that we have freedom in Christ because of that. And so the truth of that, don't get distracted from that. That's kind of what stuck out. So loaded, loaded chapter, so much to say when we go through the gospel books, but thanks to you guys for tuning in to Luke chapter four. We're going to be back with you. Luke uh, chapter six and eight and eight (laughs) Wednesday and Friday. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.